the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And I've just really always held on to that and have always believed that what I want out of life is attainable if I put in the hard work behind it. And I don't let other naysayers hold me back from that or I don't let my own lies hold me back from that. And it does take every day a reminder of telling yourself that you can do it and that you don't have to settle for less than what you want from life. Welcome to Her Drive Podcast, a female-focused interview series with women of the world discussing their road trips to success. I'm your host, Cindy Cramblett, a travel expert, business owner, and curious spirit with a knack for meeting fascinating women. Please join me as I hop in the passenger seat and chat with these ambitious women about what drives them, twists and turns, and those pedal-to-the-metal moments. Let's drive. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Her Drive Podcast. And once again, happy 2019. Um, In the spirit of a new year, some folks are moving into new careers, and there are so many alternative careers out there. And that's what really inspired me and excited me about today's guest. Her name is Stephanie Kissling of Sky Angels. And Stephanie's um, company that she created is um, a... Well, I guess, Stephanie, why don't I have you describe <laughs> what you do? Because what you're doing is really amazing, and um, you're doing kind of three components. So anyways, welcome to the show, Stephanie Kissling. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be on the show with you today. So yes, Sky Angels, I like to tell people that we make uh, people's dreams come true. And people go, what do you mean by that? And really, the whole kind of premise around Sky Angels is to make dreams come true for our students who are looking to transition into a career where they can travel and get paid to travel. And so we offer that through our training program, Sky Academy, which trains them to become flight attendants on private aircraft. Wow. What a job. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, I, um, I too was lured into the get paid to travel um, career field, but I did not know that corporate flight attendant positions were even a thing. Um, but what I learned was about being a travel director, which is essentially being a tour guide on a motor coach that moves around, um, the world, well, around the country or, or wherever it is that you're positioned. But, um, Sky Angel sounds a bit more glamorous than what I've been doing. <laughs> Yeah, your job was definitely harder than ours. I have a friend who does the same thing and yeah, I I commend you. Most well, most definitely thank you. I I think we each um each person who works within the a space that's servicing other humans is extremely challenging. Um but the reward sounds quite amazing. So, um uh, before we really dive into this magical dream giving um training company that you've created uh, would you mind sharing kind of this your story and like where you where you come from and uh, how you've kind of grown to where you are today Mm, well I guess that depends on how far we want to go back but just an overview of where I'm coming from I went to college graduated with a degree in environmental studies and even going through college i just knew that the traditional career path just wasn't for me i uh, i put myself through college having employers and i would always get fired because i always felt like i had ideas for their company and they didn't always want to see my vision and so 
they usually would fire me as a result of a conversation I would have about something I saw within their business that I thought could get improved. And so I just came to this point where I realized I butt head with bosses. And so I really need to create something for myself that feeds my passion of not having a nine to five, not being in a cubicle, not being told when I can go and run errands, uh, not being told if I can go on vacation with my family and an opportunity to see the world. And so most of all my life after college was cultivating that dream for myself. And how, how did you, how did you cultivate that dream? Because so many people want that, um, and they don't realize that they can manifest it and kind of just stay in that same kind of stagnant space. Yeah. You know what? It really is a leap of faith and believing in your dreams. One of my favorite quotes is, um, oh shoot, it's by Eleanor Roosevelt and I just drew a blank on it. It's, um, The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And I've just really always held on to that. And I've always believed that what I want out of life is attainable if I put in the hard work behind it. And I don't let other naysayers hold me back from that. Or I don't let my own lies hold me back from that. And it does take every day a reminder of telling yourself that you can do it and that you don't have to settle for less than what you want from life. Wow. That's, that's really magical. Did you have strong parents who instilled that in you or how did you create this mindset? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I had a great family growing up. My parents were divorced, but they were both extremely hard workers. And my dog, my dog, my dad was an entrepreneur. He had his own mortgage business and real estate business. And so I really learned a lot about business business drive and ethics from him. And then my mom being a single mom, she, you know, was always, her passion was nursing. And as a single mom, she put herself through school and, you know, with, with a full-time job waitressing just so that she could live out her dream. And so I saw the fruition of both of their dreams, or I saw the reality of both their dreams come to fruition through hard work. And so hard work was something that was instilled in me at a very young age. Do you work every single day? Uh, well, define work. <laughs> uh, yes. Do I work on some part of my business every single day? Absolutely. Do I do that when I'm sitting at a coffee shop or at the beach or uh, traveling to a destination? Yeah. So for me, it doesn't really feel like work as long as I'm able to be mobile with it. But in order to run a company, of course, you have to be touching it every single day. You can't just let it sit there and be stagnant. You always have to be looking at it and challenging yourself and your business to always grow so that you're always staying with the demands of the industry that you're in. That sounds um, exactly like personal development as well. You can't yeah. be stagnant with it. Well, yeah, Absolutely. Mean- Well, as you were, um, you know, realizing, oh gosh, I'm butting heads with all these different employers. I'm seeing things that they don't see. Um, were you working as a cabinet cabin attendant at the time or, or how did you get even get into this, this field? I was not working as a cabinet attendant at the time I was in college. And then, um, after college, I only was really ever working for myself. So I never put myself in that situation again. And so I jumped into real estate, getting into the same business as my father right after graduating college. And 
did that for a few years until the market crashed. And so I had to quickly come up with another game plan to feed myself. And so I had grown up on boats, sometimes just little tiny boats, but I'd always been around boats in the ocean. And so I created a business called Mermaid Yacht Services out of the LA yacht area, um, LA harbors. And it really, I had this big vision for it. And it really came down to, I was basically a house cleaner on yachts and I was just busting my butt and not really making any money. And so during that time of just struggling and working so hard for very little money, I met this guy who flew on private jets. And so in one of our discussions, I was sharing with him about my business and he's like, oh, Stephanie, you're never going to make money in the yachting industry. You should consider the private aviation industry. And I was like, this dude's crazy. Like I'd have two clients, right? Like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. I did not grow up around money. You know, we never flew as a, as a child, I never flew on an aircraft. And so the aviation world was just really outside my sphere. And so anyway, he had planted a little seed. And so I went home, Google didn't exist at the time, but I jumped on the computer and I did some searches for private aviation. And suddenly this world just opened up to me and I realized just how large of an industry it was and how large of an opportunity it was. And and then at, at that point, what did you, what did you do? <laughs> well, at that point, I was broke, dead, dead broke. I had basically put all of my savings into supporting myself. And I was credit card in de- I was in debt with credit cards and just trying to pay for my living expenses. And so I was like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to get into this industry? And so I just realized that I work hard. I put myself through college waitressing. And so I knew how to do the service side of what the biz, what the industry required. And so I thought, okay, well, I, maybe I can become a flight attendant on these private jets. Like I know how to serve drinks. I know how to serve food. I can do this. And so that's really was my point of entry into the industry is I used the last of my savings. I drained my bank account of the $3,000 it took to by the training that was necessary for me to launch my career in this in this new industry and did that did took the training and it took me 3 months to finally land my first job after that so in the meantime here I was just like not a penny to my name I was working for my brother like grinding pipes for these big, huge, um, semi trucks and just like breaking my back literally with this heavy equipment, just trying to make some money just to survive until this career took off for me. And in that interim of working for my brother, you know, I'd wake up every morning and I would just send out resume after resume after resume. And I would repeat that to the same people over and over and over again until finally one operator, which is like a private airline called me and was like, we have a trip available and are you available? And I was like, yes, I didn't even know the details. I was just like, yes, I'm available. And he's like, great, I'm going to give you this shot. But if it doesn't work out, I never want to see your resume come across my desk again. And I was like, deal. And it was in that moment that I launched this career in this industry that I wanted to start a company in. Wow. Well, first of all, I think there's more people out there 
than we know. I think people maybe they suffer in silence, but who also um, are going through that struggle financially um, or just they want to pivot so desperately, but you know, they're trying and trying and trying. And if you could go back and tell yourself during that period, um, some words of wisdom, uh, would you say anything at all? You cut out a little bit. Oh, let me make a note here. So if you were to go back to that person you were during the phase of like doing backbreaking work and just really struggling in order to, while you're biding your time to, you know, to move into this industry, like, would you give yourself some words of wisdom? Uh, honestly, I'd probably give myself a pat on the back. <laughs> um, and just, you know, congratulate myself for like believing in the life that I wanted to create for myself and not letting hard times or lack of money or, um, fear of jumping into an industry that you know nothing about hold you back and just still believing in that, I guess, believing in yourself that you can do it. And I think that it, that's where a lot of people do struggle is not necessarily, the fear of doing something new, but the fear of whether or not they have the strength to do it. And how did you know that you had the strength? You just, was, there was just no option, I'm, I'm guessing. There was no option. Yeah, I was just scrappy as heck. You know, my dad would always joke that I needed to write a book on how to survive on a dollar a day because <laughs> I would just be so scrappy in my life. He's like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, you just do it. You know, you have your high, medium, and low budgets, and you just live your life within those budgets and 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 just work within it. You know, there's always, always, always a possibility for you to have exactly what you want in your life, but sometimes you have to be creative about it. Most definitely. What was the most creative uh, thing you did during that time? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, after I launched my career, or well, after I got my training and I was out pounding the pavement, I mean, I don't know if it was creative. It was, I think it goes back to being scrappy, but, um, you know, when I was going to these different locations, they weren't always close to my home. And so there are oftentimes I slept in my car just mm -hmm. so I could spend a weekend down in LA and, you know, go to all the clients that I had already emailed my resume to, that I had already snail mailed my resume to, that I had already faxed back in the day my resume to. And it was like, okay, the next fourth point of contact I want to have with them is shaking their hand and face to face. So I think... Yeah, for me, it was just being creative with, I don't have money. I can't stay in a hotel, but I, I know that I can get myself down there. Thank goodness I had a vehicle. And, and yeah, I think, I think just being creative with what you have in your life and working within it. And I'm assuming this creativity boded very well once you decided to create Sky Angels. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Sky Angels, in many ways, I mean, it just kind of formed on its own. Because when I was getting into the industry originally, I thought I was going to do the same thing that I did on the boats, which was have a, a cleaning service for them when they finished up their trips. And so when I got into the industry, I realized that it, there really was not a market for that because that market was already taken. And so I was like, well, okay, I'll just talk to as many people as I can in the industry and maybe something will just form. So I just kind of, I didn't set the business side 
aside, but I didn't try and like create a business right away. I tried to learn about the industry to see what sort of business I should create. And from those experiences, I realized very quickly that the private jet traveler was not receiving the service that they deserved for the amount of money that they were spending and that they oftentimes got taken advantage of with pricing because they had wealth. And I just felt that to be so unfair because I knew how hard I worked in life to get to where I was at. And I knew that these individuals at some point in their life also worked that hard. And so I was able to like picture myself being them in the back of the aircraft and asking like, what kind of service would I want if I worked this hard to be able to afford flying on a private jet? And so right away, I was like, well, my training didn't really set me up to be able to provide that level of service for them. And so that was kind of like the first seed of, you know, what kind of company can I create in this industry? And it was right away, like, there's an opportunity for a training academy that actually trains the student on how to service the client. And then the other side of that was that I was in this industry and it felt very lonely because you're usually it's. And again, it's a very archaic industry and it's really kind of backwards still in its time is that it's the male pilots in the cockpit and then the female flight attendant in the back. And so you're traveling with just one of you, one female on the aircraft and two men. And when I would run into other female flight attendants and I'd say hi and I'd be excited to you know, see somebody else who knew what I was going through, they just kind of you know, snubbed me. And I just felt like, gosh, like... Yes, we're competing, but but that doesn't mean that we can't like aid in each other's success or at the very least be nice to each other. And so that was the second seed that was planted about creating this network for the flight attendants who got into this industry that cultivated success for the group and was a, a big encouraging and supporting company as opposed to, oh, we're all out here for the same job and so we all need to do kind of be cutthroat about it. And so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how Sky Angels grew. And then it just grew organically from there. Wow. That's magnificent. So um, how many years did you work, um, as a cabin attendant before you created Sky Angels? So I spent three years, which I probably didn't need that much time, but I was flying some clients that I just absolutely loved. And it was just such a great situation with the clients the pilots, on the other hand, was not a good situation. And oh. so uh, that was, you know, one of those seeds that was planted. And I just, I felt stuck. Like I didn't have anybody I could go to as a result of the experience that I was having with the pilots. And But I loved the clients. And so I stayed in the, the job longer than I probably would have. And then at one point, just the dynamic between myself and the pilots just blew up and I was no longer flying on that account. And so it was just kind of like a coming to Jesus moment where it's like, all right, Stephanie, like you became a flight attendant in private aviation for one reason. And that was to start a company. So do it you know, kind of get off your butt. Don't get caught in this comfort zone of like, I'm making great money. I'm traveling the world. Like, but at the same time, I'm still, I'm still beholden to a flight. And I still felt sort of kind of trapped in that where I was only making money if I was actually flying. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to get out of that trap for myself. And so Otherwise, it would have been very easy for me to stay in the career just as a flight attendant and and live this really wonderful life. But it still wasn't my dream. 
it wasn't the completion of my dream. Wow, that's an amazing realization. So at that moment, did you um, did you continue to work in, with any other um, account or you just immediately started to build Sky Angels and make that your baby and, and your business? No, I th- over those three years, I had been consistently working on the business plan, like working it over and over and over again. And it changed a million times. And like people are religious about business plans. I think they're a waste of time, except for the thought that it helps you formulate mm. or think through the business, but not necessarily that it's ever going to genuinely be the business that you created a business plan for. So I think sometimes when people are looking to launch a career, they get stuck in that phase. And so I would just encourage you not to get stuck there, maybe even jump past it and start just like acting on your dream and then kind of go back to it. But so I had done that. And so I just felt I was certain that I wanted to do a training academy But at the time, it wasn't going to be like a training academy that anybody could attend. It was just going to be internal training for people that I brought into the Sky Angels group. And then then they would be my employees that then I would staff to our clients. And um, that's really – that was the first business model of Sky Angels. And, you know, since then, I've had to pivot and grow with the demands of the industry. And so it's shifted. Um, to what we have today, which is Sky Angel Sky Academy, which is an academy that is open to not just people in-house, but anybody who wants to come to the academy and enter into this industry. Uh, but we still have very strict standards around who we actually accept into our program. That's great. And then do you help um, those graduates find jobs as well? Yeah, our community is so special. I mean, it's just really amazing what our students have created for themselves with the, you know, the support and of of Sky Angels, the brand and and myself and some of our other employees and ambassadors that have been with the company forever. So, oftentimes most of our students are receiving work through other graduates that have graduated from Sky Angels. So when an opportunity presents itself, it's shared within our community. And we have one, well, not just one, we have multiple, but there's one client that's standing out to me right now where in the last month and a half, they've hired seven of our graduates. Wow. That's great. So, um, so that's one way that we help our graduates upon graduation. And then another way is that we have what we call Sky Crew, which is our staffing or placement side of the company, which is the original Sky Angels. And so we have clients who will reach out to us and say, hey, we're looking to hire somebody full time, or hey, we have a trip coming up and we need somebody to cover it. And from there, we'll take that request and connect that request with the Sky Angel that suits that client the best. So we almost customize the Sky Angel that we staff for that client. Wow. I mean, even in that space, like it's almost like matchmaking and Mm -hmm. you have to really understand the dynamic of both parties in order to make it a success. Is that challenging? Mm, No, I don't think it's challenging in the general term. I think it's about knowing your client. And I think where the challenge happens is if you're not given enough information to make a good assessment about which 
Sky Angel would fit that client the best. And when I'm talking about that, I mean, it could be like a language. Like, would that client feel more comfortable if the Sky Angel spoke a language other than English? Or is this um, a very... I don't know, like formal family. And so maybe this guy angel is going to fit that dynamic or that like personality of the client better. Or is this a trip down to Cabo with a bunch of guys for a bachelor party? Okay, well, we have some other sky angels that are just more outgoing and more extroverted. And so that's where we try and do personality matching or, you know, matching of sky angels with clients. And so the challenge is when we're not given enough information to to know which sky angel would be best. Not that it's Mm -hmm. ever been an issue, but the experience for the client is always much better. Okay. Yeah. That that makes total sense. And then looking through kind of like the windshield of what's to come, um, how do you see like your life and your business transforming? Hmm. Great question. Well, 2019, the theme of this year for myself personally is the year of growth. And so, um, well, not just personally, but for the business and for myself personally. And so one of the areas that we're looking looking towards for the business is actually expanding into other areas where we keep getting interest, where there's other flight attendants out there that have reached out to us and said, we really love your brand. We love what you do. And we want to open one up in our state. And so expanding Sky Angels Training Academy into these other locations uh, is something that we see ourselves expanding into in the new year. And for myself personally, was that part of the question or? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So what are you, how are you personally? What's the plan? (laughs) We all want to know. I know, I know. Well, so for myself personally, uh, you know, there, I still have some of those fears that hold me back. And some of those fears I have recognized are also holding the company back since obviously I am the company and the company is me. And so I have decided that I need to start speaking my truth and recognizing that, you know, here I am pushing all of our students to push past their fears while I'm still holding on to some of mine. And so uh, one of the very first things I'm going to do here in the new year, which is coming up in a couple of weeks, is attend a public speaking conference with a TEDx speaker coach uh, Mm -hmm. down in Santa Barbara and just tackle that fear head on with, you know, one of the best people I can can participate in, um, tackling that fear with. Wow. That's, that's really amazing. Do you, do you want to give a Ted, Ted talk? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, I love sharing. I love, love sharing. And I've been told that people love what I share and I, and my, Fear is that I don't know how to articulate it well enough for it to be of value to people, in addition to my fear of actually having all eyes on me. And so uh, learning how to articulate the message so that it's powerful for the listener is a skill that I'm definitely excited about and would absolutely welcome a public speaking uh, opportunity, you know, with that skill set. Of course. And what I think is beautiful about this particular fear is that you, number one, you acknowledge the fear. And then two, you've had the, um, the gumption 
to go and, and find ways to combat the fear and grow through it rather than many people, myself included, um, in some situations, I act from a place of fear rather than a place of empowerment and that, okay, once I push through this fear, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing but a lesson or something better on, on the opposite side of the fear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fear is what holds us back. It's not what's going to ruin our our life if we tackle that fear. So, and it's so funny because as I'm like thinking about this, it's just like, it's so interesting where fear comes from and who knows where it comes from, but it's so unfortunate that it has so much power over us. And one of the things that I like to say to my students is let fear guide you, not stop you, because it is that fear that's actually egging you on to like, push past your boundaries. And if you're not afraid of it, then we know that we're in this place of being very complacent in our life, which isn't necessarily a bad thing unless you're unhappy. And so, um, so yeah, I think fear should be your driving force, not your stopping force. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's a good marker. It's a Thanks. good indicator. Where, it's a good, it's a good indicator where you need to grow and be. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think Absolutely. we know what your TED Talk is. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, um, I want to kind of wrap up in a little while, um, but still gain a little bit more insight into um, Stephanie, the, the the person. And I'm just curious: Do you have like daily, weekly, monthly rituals? Hmm. Yes, I do. And I'm also very flexible in those rituals too. Mm -hmm. And again, that just speaks to my nature and me feeling like I need uh, spontaneity in my life. So I'm, I'm careful with rituals, but I'm definitely, I think the most important thing that we can give ourselves is an hour of our day to ourselves to just calm our mind and either go and work out or go for a run or write or meditate or just sit and be still because some of my best thoughts and ideas for my business have come in that moment of just stillness. Mm. And so I'm pretty religious about that ritual and giving myself that hour to the point that, for instance, we didn't start this call until 11 because prior to that, you know, it's kind of Stephanie time and I'm doing stuff for me. And then, I mean, obviously the other stuff, you know, there's the business stuff. So you're always going to have just a slew of emails or text messages or phone calls that you need to get to. And I think it's so easy for us to chop up our day when we're constantly responding to them in the now instead of actually just creating a space in your day where you get back to all of those um, correspondences and allow yourself to have more than a half an hour, more than even an hour and give yourself like a window of three or four hours where you really just sit down and you focus on one task. Mm -hmm. I think we always have so much stuff thrown at us all day long and there's always a million things you're going to do and your your to-do list and your inbox is always going to be full. And so just allowing yourself to focus on one thing and just kind of let the other things go in that space of time 
I think has for me just brought me so much peace and not feeling like my life is controlling me, but I'm finally controlling it. That's really powerful. The moment that I started like deciding, okay, this, like, when possible, my ideal day is structured in X fashion, like my morning rituals. Um, in the morning, when I start my work day, I focus on like my money makers and then I focus on correspondence and then I take a break and do something that's more of a legacy work. And then I come back to my money makers and I just chunk things in that manner. And, um, at first it was very difficult because I was used to just responding to everybody and everything at once and was feeling Mm -hmm. a little bit more anxious and less present. And the moment that, like you said, just focusing on one task at a time, um, started to become a a part of, of my practice. The anxiety went away or almost is gone. It depends on the day, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) just, there's so much more clarity. Um, and I'm trying to take that into my personal life as well and really be present with the people I'm around. Or if I'm wanting to have some me time just to sit and to read a book, like putting my phone on airplane mode, because mm-hmm. like, I want to respond to all the people that I love and the people that are reaching out. But if I'm giving them my love and my focus all the time, I'm not giving myself what I need. <laughs> yeah. Right. And 101 of like self care is giving yourself that time in order for you to be available for everybody else in your life. Totally. So I'm curious do you have a guilty pleasure? A guilty pleasure? Oh, what kind of guilty pleasure? I mean, I feel like I. (laughs) I (laughs) Well, you know, if let me put it this way like if you are having kind of. a down day or you have like, I call it the itty bitty shitty committee that sits on my shoulder and like says these things, (laughs) you know, if you need to like lift your spirits or, you know, just recenter yourself, is there a, I I don't know if guilty pleasure is the right word, but is there a something that you do that typically works to shake that, shake that feeling? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I did it this morning before our call. Uh, I just put on my running shoes and I go to the, to a trail and I just run and I don't have any music or any sound. I wear my earbuds because I I just think I don't want anybody even talking to me on my run. And I just go for it. And again, that just like centers me so much. And some of, some of my best like ideas come in that moment of just, just letting go. And so I really just kind of like pushing my body past these boundaries when I'm running. Mm. So that's kind of my guilty pleasure. And then if we're talking about food, I mean – Great goodness. I mean, I love ice cream. So if I'm having one of those days, then I will definitely, you know, go to the store and buy myself a pint of ice cream and kind of nibble into it and and allow myself to give that to myself. So I think it's so rare for for us as humans to allow ourselves to give our to give ourselves the small pleasures that make us happy. You know, we're always trying to be on a diet or we're always trying to be X, Y, Z. And sometimes you just need to let that go. That's beautiful. And I'm going to store that one for <laughs> for myself for later. Um, Good. <laughs> well, yeah, it, I, yeah, I, I definitely needed to hear that one. Um, <laughs> um, and then I, I just a few more things that I'm super curious about. Where has been your favorite destination that you've traveled to and why did that impact you? Mm. So this was not a work trip. This was a travel trip. And this was in one of those moments. And I think anybody who is running a company or launching a company, you have these moments 
of self-doubt of like, what am I doing this all for? And so about two years ago, I came, I became really disconnected from the whole reason why I was doing it. Cause I, like we were just talking about, I felt so overwhelmed. I felt like I wasn't accomplishing anything. I felt like I was so far away from the dreams that I had had for myself and the company. And I was ready just to like cut the ties and go done. Right. It's just like one of those things where you just have so much coming at you and you're working so hard to keep it alive. And so I, one thing that I'd always wanted as a child or was interested in as a child was going to the Congo. And I got that interest at a young age because our grandparents would always buy us National Geographic and I would see the beautiful animals of Africa. And so I decided, I was like, I'm I'm taking a month off and I'm going to the Congo where nobody wants me to go because my entire life they've told me that it's unsafe and that I shouldn't travel down there. And I was listening to all of them and all of their fears, whether they were founded or not. And and it was that moment where I'm like, I need to do this for me because this is what I want. And this will be a huge regret for myself if I don't do it. And so I traveled down to the Congo and it was so special for me because it was just what I needed to reconnect with what was important in life. And like you were just saying, like being present in the moment that you're in is so hard for us to do in the society that we live in. But when you're down in the Congo and you're away from, you know, all the things that overwhelm us here in, in the first world. So like the technology where you just can never turn off. But I saw such community that I haven't seen in so long and children outside playing and neighbors coming together for dinner and they're all outside of their huts until the very last wee hours of sun, sun because once in their huts, there's no electricity. And so, uh, and they just were smiling and they had, in our opinion, nothing, you know, in the material world, but they had everything in what I feel is most important in life, which is that, that community, that connection with your loved ones, the being there for each other and actually being present in the moment that you're with people. And so it was just a really good reminder for me that I haven't been enough of that for the people that I love back home. And so I was able to bring that back with me and really hold on to that and really like challenge myself when I'm feeling overwhelmed and, and kind of rechecking in with like my three top priorities. And if, you know, things that came my way didn't match those three priorities that I had for myself in my life, that it had to be a no answer. Ooh. And, um, and so I, you know, I, when I do like pleasure travel, I always go to developing countries because it is always such a powerful reminder to me of, of the simple things in life that, that are, that brings so much richness to your, to your world. And we forget about that because we're so power hungry or like money hungry here in, you know, these first world countries that we've totally disconnected ourselves from what life is truly about. Wow. That's really magical. I just came back from Nicaragua and mm. I was having those same feelings and thoughts when I was there. And obviously many feelings of gratitude and for having a loving family and, great friends, but it was a reminder to connect with them more and listen to them and be with them um, and be grateful for them. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that. And just one more question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 
this is my favorite one that I ask all the guests. And the question is, what are you celebrating or, you know, I say tooting your horn about? Oh, gosh. Um, so I think there's, I think that's actually a hard question because I think as a business owner, it's hard for you to pat yourself on the back. But I think what I'm most celebrating is that what I'm seeing in the company is my dream finally coming to fruition. And it's been a long, long journey. Uh, you know, the company has been going for eight and a half years and there's been so many up and downs. And so what I'm celebrating now is this realization that the dreams that I had for my company have truly started coming true coming true and coming in fruition in the last couple of years. And, you know, the effect that it's having on our students in such a positive way in their life and just the, the thankfulness that I get from them all the time when I really feel like I didn't do that much, but they're just so grateful for Sky Angels and the community that we offer them. And so I'm, yeah, I'm totally celebrating the fact that, that the businesses has come to fruition and that the students that graduate from our training academy are the ones that are cultivating that and growing that and making it so powerful and such like a support and encouraging network for, for everybody that they're with. I mean, there's no competition and, and yeah, I'm celebrating that. I'm celebrating that there are just people out there that, you know, also find pleasure in the success of others and helping them be successful. Wow. That is so beautiful. Well, Stephanie Kissling of Sky Angels, it has been such an honor to learn more about this amazing business that you've created and to hear about your story. I wish you so many amazing blessings. And for everybody listening, I'm going to link um, to Stephanie and Sky Angels in the show notes. So please have a look for them. Stephanie, thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Her Drive with Cindy Cramblatt. If you want to know more about today's guest or know a fascinating woman you'd love for me to interview, please see the show notes, visit Instagram, or her-drive.com. And please, 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 if you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for riding along and subscribe to join our next woman and her drive to success.